on Locked On Anaheim Ducks. What in fresh hell happened yesterday at Staples Center? We'll talk about it on today's Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How's it going, everyone? Happy hump day to all. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez, covering hockey for over a decade. A reminder, you could hear this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts can be heard. Or ask your smart device to play Locked On Anaheim Ducks. And hopefully you'll hear my dulcet tones on the other end. Make sure to rate, comment, subscribe if you have not already. Follow me on Apple Podcasts, all that jazz. The Twitter accounts, LO underscore Ducks. StimpyJD. Follow the show at LO underscore Ducks. I'll be tweeting from there every day as I usually do unless there's other sporting events going on. But that won't be the case anymore because other sports are coming to a close. <gasps> okay, let's talk about what happened yesterday. It was it was a crap show. It was bad if you're a Ducks fan. If you're a Kings fan, you were thrilled. If you're a Ducks fan, well, you should be thrilled because you should be embracing the tank. There's only nine games left in the season, and the Ducks are 10 points back. They're not mathematically eliminated yet, but they may as well be, because even if the Ducks win all of their games, the best they can do is fourth place and probably an early first-round exit at the hands of either Colorado or Vegas, and it's looking more and more like Vegas might get that top spot. So even if the Ducks were to somehow miraculously pull off the impossible and get the number four seed, they'd get swept or lose in five to Vegas. Let's face it, they're a superior team. The Ducks do not do well against that team. And they certainly didn't do well against the LA Kings last night at Staples Center. This was special for the folks over there because this was the first game back for Kings fans. Last weekend, we had Ducks fans come back. Now we had Kings fans come back to Staples Center, including a couple of my buddies that were over there last night. And they were pretty thrilled with the Kings victory. And honestly, I mean, look, I said this three, four months ago. No, four months ago, I said it would not be a successful season unless the Ducks got a top three pick. Well, guess what? They're on their way to that because the Ducks... Tried valiantly, but they couldn't put anything on the board until the very end. That first period, Carl Grundstrom got a wacky goal. Kind of, not a pinball goal, but that was definitely a bad bounce in favor of the Kings. Making it one nothing on the assists from Athanasiu and Blake Lazat. And then it got really ugly for the Ducks. Andre Kopitar, um, a nice feed. This one kind of went behind the play for a little bit and then came back out in front of the net. Andre Kopitar was right there waiting, and he got his 10th goal of the season, making it 2-0. And how about the combo of Dustin Brown, Drew Doughty, and Andre Kopitar? They're in their 30s. They've been together for a long time, but they're still doing it. Brownie got an assist. Drew got an assist. Drew Doughty, his 24th assist of the season. You know what? Drew Doughty's having himself not too bad of a season for the LA Kings. Kopey's doing not too bad, and Brownie's doing okay, but Drew Doughty, damn, that guy's doing all right. Got it, got to hand it to him. Then Andres Athanasiu scored his 10th of the season. That made it 3-0. Athanasiu scored only two minutes after the Kopitar goal. This was looking bad. This was especially after there was some power plays going on, and the power plays were not good for 
really the Ducks. The Ducks power play was terrible. You know what they did on the power play? Absolutely nothing. A lot of standing around. Uh, Puck didn't really get into the zone all that much. I don't know who the Ducks were putting out there. I don't know the lines that Dallas Eakins was thinking of putting. He's just trying stuff at this point because the Ducks are not going to make the playoffs. They're out of it. So he's just pulling whatever. what Whatever he's doing, I don't know. But that's what happened. No goals. Yeah, those two goals in quick succession. And then we got to the end of the second period where the Kings, I mean, they didn't do anything on their power plays, but at least the power plays looked okay. The Kings had a short power play, then it went to 4-on-4 for a while. Then the Ducks had a shortened power play where that had absolutely zero effect. So then we go to later in the third period, and right after another Ducks power play, Blake Lizotte scored his third of the season. Oh boy, that was bad. That made it 4-0 Kings. After the Blake Lizotte goal... Things got a little bit testy for both sides where you had a pretty big fight between Josh Manson and newly acquired Brendan Lemieux. And, oh, Lemieux had Manson's number. This fight was not close. Lemieux got a couple of good shots on him. Then Manson's helmet came off, and that's when Brendan Lemieux laid down the boom and just walloped Josh Manson. He got a clean shot, a clean fist right to the face of Josh Manson. Right away, he was down. Brendan Lemieux motioned for the people to come over, and yeah, it was that kind of night. Immediately after that fight, the Ducks did score a consolation goal for what it's worth, at least. That made it 4-1 Kings, but that was your final score. The Apples went to Max Comtois and Ricard Raquel. But it was a 4-1 to final score. The Ducks just did not have it despite out-shooting the Kings and out-attempting the Kings. Those shots were from no man's land. They were from the point. They were from the blue line. They were inside the blue line. They were not close to the net. So, I mean, here's one stat. Shot attempts. The Ducks out-attempted the Kings. 52 to 31. But the high danger chances were in favor of the Kings. The Kings had eight high danger chances, and the Ducks only had three. This has been a problem all season long, and I'll talk more about this one after the first intermission. But let's talk about the Locker Room app, which you can find on the Apple App Store. It's for iOS only as of right now. And the Locker Room app is changing the way we talk about sports. And this features several of your favorite sports personalities, including everyone from the Locked On Podcast Network, including myself. Join me tomorrow on the Locker Room app, approximately 6.30, not an exact time, but approximately 6.30. I will be hosting a Locker Room tomorrow night. Just look for me on the Locker Room app. Look up locked on ducks and there you'll find me and make sure to follow me on the locker room app once again tomorrow at approximately 6 30 that is thursday 6 30 p.m pacific time and this is courtesy of the locker room app changing the way we talk about sports coming up after the intermission we're going to talk a little bit more about this one and 
kind of key in on a couple of players that had a really bad day for the Ducks. We'll get to that on the other side. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, brought to you by BetOnline.ag, your trusted online sportsbook. They have every sport going on right now. Major League Baseball's in full swing, haha. And then you have the NBA in its final month. And also, National Hockey League is in the last three weeks. And guess what else has just started? Major League Soccer. You can check out all of those sports and place your bets on betonline.ag. On your first deposit, use promo code Locked On to get a 50% welcome bonus. Once again, that is betonline.ag, the exclusive online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. And please gamble responsibly. All right, so I had mentioned that I was going to key in on a couple of players that had a particularly rough day in last night's 4-1 loss to the crosstown rival Los Angeles Kings. Maybe if you're a Ducks fan, maybe you want to see this happen. And I'll explain why on the last segment of today's show. But here's a couple players that I think had a bad day. I mean, there's the obvious. Everyone's going to say Jamie Drysdale had a horrific game, which he did. But I think other news outlets are going to talk about Drysdale's struggles. Look, he didn't completely struggle. He did a lot of good things yesterday. He was pretty decent on the little time he had on the shorthanded side. So on the PK, he was very good, at least. Power play, I mean, he was decent enough, but he just missed a couple of assignments and had a couple of bad plays that completely burned him. So yeah, Dreisel had a bad day, but Manson had a really bad day. Manson looked a little bit lost out there, and aside from the minus four, he got walloped at the end there. Uh, he ended up missing the last six and a half minutes of the game because he just got wrecked. He got wrecked by Brendan Lemieux. You could see that hook just go right across his face. He had a nice shiner on his eye. He had to be um, immediately sent off to the locker room. We didn't see him. Uh, we didn't hear anything other than that he's got a nice shiner on his face. So they've got three days off. I'm sure he'll be back for Saturday's game against Vegas. And that gives him three long days to recover from that fight. So Manson just had a bad game. And for it to end like that, that just made it even worse. Stolarz didn't have a terrible game. He just didn't have any help defensively. And I'm going to pinpoint another defenseman that had a bad game, and that was Kevin Shattenkirk. Yeah, Fowler did okay. At least got a goal. But Shatty, Shatty had a bad game. On the power play, he was not keeping the puck in the zone at all times. And in fact, there were at least three moments where the puck could have been held in. And I think if Shattenkirk did a better job of passing it towards the center or passing it to someone else or trying to quarterback it and keep it in, I thought they would have done a slightly better job and maybe could have gotten a decent chance at a power play goal. That just was not the case. Uh, Shattenkirk has had a lot of struggles this season. And for someone that's getting paid as much money as Shattenkirk, we had higher expectations and so far, this season has been kind of a disappointment as far as Shattenkirk has gone. And that's sad to see because I was really looking forward to that signing and looking forward to see what he would bring to the Ducks this season. And unfortunately, it just hasn't worked out 
this season. Maybe maybe change the D pairings. I don't know. Change them up. We'll see. Another duck that I thought uh, just did not have it today was Adam Henrique, who's also on that same power play unit, mostly with Kevin Shattenkirk. Look, Henrique has come back from out of nowhere after being you know, sent down to the taxi squad and being waived and all that stuff. Henrique has come back very strong, and he's had some very strong games. But this was not one of them. Look, Henrique, also on the power play, he just was not cycling around effectively and not getting any decent shots on there during the power play. Maybe one decent shot, but that was it. But it was kind of a far shot. Yeah, Henrique just did not look good for a lot of the game yesterday. It's unfortunate. I mean, look, a lot of these Ducks are struggling. If you put some of these Ducks on another team, say the Carolina Hurricanes, their stats are going to look better. Their analytics are going to look better. But just watching the games, you could tell there's a difference. And I'll put this out there. Yanni Hockenpah, he has looked like a completely different player out in Carolina. And they love him out there. They absolutely love Yanni Hockenpah in Carolina. He's done a terrific job. He's already been a star. One of the stars on one of their games. Yeah, it's great. good for him. Good for Yanni Hockenpah. But that makes the trade look really bad, which leads to my last player that didn't have that great of a game was Hayden Fleury. Hayden Fleury, I mean, he just looked lost out there in a couple of shifts. At least he's fantastic on the penalty kill. I'll give him that. Maybe we have our defensive penalty kill specialist. Aside from Derek Grant, you have Hayden Fleury. Those two on the PK, they look pretty good. But otherwise, they're just kind of there. I mean, I know Derek Grant has had his detractors this season saying, why is he out there? Why is he getting the minutes? Maybe the same will be said about Hayden Fleury for the rest of the season. Why is he out there? There's a reason. He's very good at his specific duty. So at least that's encouraging to see. But yesterday just was not his game, unfortunately. So that's some of the players who I thought probably could have done a little bit better. And these are the LA Kings. They're second to last place. You would expect the Ducks to do a little bit better against the Kings. But that has not been the case. It's it's a tough division this year. What what can I say? As I mentioned before, the Ducks have only nine games left. We only get to talk about nine more Ducks games, folks. And that's it. That's the end of the season. We have three days off. Three days between games. So what are we going to do during those three days? Well, there's today's podcast. We could talk about the goals. The goals are playing tonight. Yay. And we could have that goals podcast on Thursday. So there's that. Yay. All right. We're going to head into the second intermission. And let's talk about everybody's favorite protein bar, Built Bar. Which, by the way, new flavor alert. This is, as of today, Coconut Brownie Chunk. One of the best flavors of Built Bar out there. It is available for a limited time, starting today. It will be available today, tomorrow, and maybe Friday if they don't sell out. But definitely check out the Coconut Brownie Chunk Protein Bar. This is at BuiltBar.com. Definitely give it a shot. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. Once again, that is Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar in the land. Coming up after the second intermission, I'm going to talk a little bit about why, why the Ducks should f*** 
fully embrace the tank and try to lose the rest of the games this season. Stay locked in. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, or TLOPN. So I'm going to be completely honest on this segment. You're going to get honesty time from me. So there's nine games left, and I'm going to break it down mathematically for you too. The Ducks are 10 points back with nine games left. That means if they lose four games, or the Coyotes or the Blues or any combination thereof, they win four games, then one of those teams is in and the Ducks are out. The Ducks are not going to win all nine games. Heck, we might not even see them win five games. So it's just a bad, bad time for Ducks fans as far as trying to rebuild or retool or whatever this is. Mathematically, they're almost out of it. I mean, yes, mathematically, the Ducks are still in it, but they're practically out of it. They've been out of it since February. Let's face it. So to have only nine games left, 10 points back, it's probably going to end up being 12 or 13 points back by the time we get to Saturday's game. And assuming the Ducks are going to lose because, hey, they're playing Vegas. They've already got their one victory against Vegas this season. That's their average. They average one victory per season against the Vegas Golden Knights. That is sad. Oh, man, that is really, really sad. They are 1-6 and six against Vegas this season. The Golden Knights are vying for a playoff spot. The Ducks are not. Let's just call it like it is. Let's call this Saturday an L. For the Ducks, even though it's breakout night, you're going to have the Wild Wing jerseys. Woo, those look those look like a thing. I mean, yeah, they're a thing that that's happened. They're probably going to lose this game, which means they'll be 10 points out at least with eight games left. Yeah, it's not going to happen. So that's going to reduce the number even more. And I'm going to assume that the Coyotes and the Blues are going to win at least one of those games. So by the time we get to next Monday's podcast... By the time we get there, it'll probably be something like 12 or 13 points out with eight games left, which practically eliminates them from the playoffs. So if you're the Ducks, do you just fully embrace the tank and just kind of lose out? They should. And here's why. According to this year's rules, remember, we have a new team coming in in less than a year. The Seattle Kraken, they are guaranteed the third best odds at getting that number one pick why is that well they couldn't be given the the highest odds because they are a new team and you don't want to have a repeat of what happened with the vegas golden knights remember what happened there vegas expansion team what happened there they ended up going to the Stanley cup finals the nhl kind of wants to avoid that a little bit they don't want to give seattle too much of an advantage so they have the third best odds No matter what happens, third best odds to get the number one pick. So the number one pick is 18.5% odds for the number one worst team, which is Buffalo. Second worst team right now is the Ducks. They have a 13.5% chance to get a number one pick. Seattle, 11.5%, third worst odds no matter what. Then the fourth worst odds go to the New Jersey Devils at 9.5%. So that's a 4% jump, and that is a two-spot jump. So here's what this means. If the Ducks finish where they are right now, the worst they could do is the fourth overall pick. 
if they somehow allow New Jersey or Ottawa to slip in there and have a worse record, the Ducks would then jump from having possibly the fifth worst pick to the sixth worst pick. So it jumps down two spots, not one. So if you're the Ducks, maybe you want to try to catch Buffalo for all we know because Buffalo has a 35% chance at least at a top two pick. And something else to consider. Arizona's pick is forfeited. So if Arizona wins one of those two spots, it would then be forfeited to the next team, which would be either Buffalo or Anaheim right now. So let's just say, for example, for example, let's say the ping pong balls go to, let's say, San Jose and Arizona, for example. San Jose would get the number one pick. Arizona would forfeit their number two pick, which means pick number three, or the actual second pick, would go to Buffalo, and Anaheim would get the third pick. So if you're going to root for anything, maybe root for Arizona to lose a bunch of games. That way they would have better odds of forfeiting that pick, and therefore the Ducks would kind of still have a decent shot at a draft pick. So if you're going to root for anyone, root for Arizona to lose, meaning root for the Blues, and maybe root for Buffalo to win a few games. Well, maybe that'll happen. And root for Anaheim to start losing some games. Just start. Look, Columbus is tanking. They've lost seven in a row. They're almost there. New Jersey has completely tanked. By the way, the Devils, as of yesterday, are mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. They've lost their seventh in a row. But what a wild game out in Pittsburgh. Just want to mention this for a hot second. Pittsburgh had a 6-0 lead going into the third period, and they completely imploded, allowing the Devils to score six times. Luckily, Pittsburgh scored one, so the Penguins ended up winning 7-6, but they nearly blew a six-goal lead in the third period. And by the way, they're the first team in NHL history to win a game despite allowing six goals in the third, and despite allowing them to be outscored by five goals. I, I can't believe that Pittsburgh nearly imploded. So the Devils have lost seven in a row. Columbus lost seven in a row. Hey, the Sharks have lost six in a row. Two of those were to the Anaheim Ducks, who, by the way, the Ducks have also lost three in a row. Let's make it four in a row, shall we? Yeah. And those upcoming games against the Kings, just let the Kings win three of those games and give the Kings some hope at a playoff spot, only to see them fail in that regard. Yay. All right. I've been talking for a while about stats and draft picks and all that. So I'm going to end it for today. But thank you all for listening. It is greatly appreciated. And look, I'm just trying to keep it as honest as possible, folks. We know that the season is ending, but there has to be some hope. And I do sincerely hope that the Ducks do get a top three pick in this year's draft. Because I think this year's draft, just those top few picks are going to help the Ducks a lot. It's a pretty top-heavy draft, and then it really just goes off the cliff after that. So if you're a Ducks fan, embrace the tank. Just go for it at this point. All right. Thanks for listening. You can hear this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts can be heard. Make sure to follow along on Apple Podcasts and rate and comment and all that jazz. You can follow me on Twitter at StimpyJD. You could follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks. Also, 
Locker Room app. Make sure to join me tomorrow on the Locker Room app at approximately 6.30 p.m. Pacific time. And also, it is Mailbag Friday coming up. If you have a question, you could email me at LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com or you can leave a comment on the post or you can join me on the Locker Room app once again. That is Thursday at approximately 6.30 and you could download the Locker Room app at the iOS Apple Store. All right. Thanks so much for listening. It is greatly appreciated, and I appreciate each and every one of you listening. So I hope to hear from you this week for Locked on Anaheim Ducks. I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the day. Continue practicing social distancing. Be kind to one another, and Ducks fly together. <laughs>